Hi, my name's Lachlan Glasby from Imagined Chaos Games, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Peter Martin to talk about multi-class feats from Purple Martin Press. In the news, previews for the new D&D sourcebook, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, Tracy and Laura Hickman announce a new campaign setting, Dungeons and Dragons and Nerds Candy have a cross-promotion, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world and a brand new sketch about coming up with a sketch. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. This week's podcast is sponsored by the League for the Rehabilitation of Fantasy Villains. From Lord Soth to Bargle the Infamous, Wenger to Verminard, and Vecna to Artemis and Terry. The League promises to rebrand, reform, and relaunch your murderous career into something softer and more suited to the modern world. Hmm... Maybe I should join. I'm more villainous than all of them put together. Which of them made a giant rat colossus, huh? Huh? All the tabletop roleplay news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild Roleplayers. Russ has ever, it is a total delight to be here. Who have you brought with you, Peter? Why, I brought the one, the only, Peter Martin of Purple Martin Games. Wait, let me get this straight. Peter, you brought Peter with you. Yes, that's correct. I'm sure this will in no way become confusing, as we are different people. (laughs) Oh, certainly not. (laughs) Oh, even sound different. There we go. Yeah. Who, who has done uh, some excellent work on the creation of something which I hadn't even considered the possibility of, as in multi-class feats. That is to say, feats which you can only choose if you're specifically multi-class to do so. Wild. Well, that sounds exciting, and we will yeah. talk all about that shortly. But first, yes. before we do that, shall we do some RPG news? Huh. It's a bold choice, but I like it. Let's go on. Let's do it then. Okay. Yeah. Like that assumes there is any RPG news this week. No, oh, yeah, yeah. We're in there the Shadow of Gen Con. So, Sky Raiders of Abarax. That sounds like an awesome name. That is an awesome name, isn't it? <laughs> so, I, I mean, you can tell that my childhood was very much based on things like the, the going into a video store in the 80s saying, Ah, look at these names. I want to watch them. No, you're too young. Oh, they've probably been terrible movies. In fact, uh, they were many, often, very often terrible movies. But the names. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Sky Raiders of Abarax. I would be on this Sky Raiders of Abarax is Tracy and Laura Hickman. Oh, okay. That's a pedigree. You may remember, mm. created the Dragonlance setting. Mm. Like Tracy Hickman and Margaret Weiss wrote the books, but Tracy yeah. and Laura Hickman mm. were, the, were the married couple who came up with the concept of the Dragonlance setting before that. Yes. And she's um, totally they, not a self-insert in the books at all. No way. <laughs> There's also um, the original Ravenloft module Ooh. they made. Okay. And they have just announced a D&D 5th edition setting called Sky Raiders of Abarax coming to Kickstarter this fall. That sounds extremely exciting. I'm hoping just... Yeah, I'm getting an early start on the Guess the Kickstarter game that we've got, like... Um, Hopefully airships, because that does make me very happy. Yeah, we I thought airships too do. when I heard that uh, that title. And ah, <laughs> you want the airships? So these are, 
these are all the there's, there's not a lot of information there's a few bits of art so the art is airships in the sense of flying flying oh, okay. water ships type airships uh, okay are, are they flying because they've got big balloon over them or are they no, flying no, 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 like ships? ships ships that would okay. be in the water no, I, no. I know I know all about ships now and I know all about boats because I went to Portsmouth Naval Dockyards the other day with my dad and yes. I found three boats I found the HMS Warrior and I found the HMS Victory and half of the Mary Rose and those are all boats are they they're all boats we <laughs> mm. <laughs> I keep getting told off when I say boats instead of ships and yet you call them boats now. <laughs> uh, only only because it annoys the people who tell me off because I call them boats instead of ships. Okay, we'd just like to apologise to our listeners who actually know and all care about this thing. Uh, <laughs> I am giving Russ the best over-the-top-of-my-glasses there that I have available. So, Sky Raiders of Abramax. Very little information but- apart from some graphics, so let me give you what I like to call, I like to term, a link. I came up with that. Uh, I came up with that phrase myself. Uh, uh, that uh- term. Oh, nice. Might catch on. Might catch on. Oh, it's, it's such a such a good link. I might call it a super link, or maybe something a bit better than that, mm. like a uh, mega more, link, more hyperbole. Uh, <sighs> hyperlink. Wow. Okay. Oh, Let's go with hyper. That's amazing. I, I mean, I got to say, Russ. By the way, uh, I invented the word the other day: plagiarism. <laughs> oh, <it's true>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like basically the people who I know personally who listen to this podcast and they're going oh why why would you do this Peter and you know why <laughs> anyway oh, that is so, so cool this is, this is the art very nice art isn't it yeah that is some gorgeous artwork mm. okay so they've got like three beaches and adventures yeah poetry so, so yeah it's, there's po- it's, so we've got some pictures with poetry on them so the mm. main one says on dragon sylph to find our lost way back to that mythic place called home. Yeah. And it's got, looks like, some sort of cat person, a dragon person, a small person, probably a gnome or a halfling, potentially, probably an elf and a human. Mm. And there's a dragon flying around at the back of what they're calling aeroships, I see as I look down further. Yes. Yeah. To distinguish them from airships, which are more balloon-shaped. Yeah. So other than that, we don't really know anything about it. Yeah. So I guess we have to wait and find out. Is there looks first kind of vaguely Age of Sail mixed with some medieval armor, which is kind of a standard fantasy thing? So mm. yeah, yeah. I, I'm expecting buckles to be thoroughly swashed, and uh, yeah, I love that so art piece with the flying ship flying towards the castle there. Yes, yes, that's a very, very nice piece of art. That it, it's trailing like a whole bunch of uh, ropes behind it and it's like a free master some sort of uh it's got an unusually they seem to have unusually well developed prowls do you see what i mean they've got like at the front they've got their extra beaky yeah and they've got like a big uh torch thing on the back too there's both of the ships in that picture have yeah so they have so they do looks kind of like the olympic torch actually yeah that's got to be something to do with the magic that makes them fly or something uh, and th- those ridders are like really big. So yeah, I wonder how they s- do. They set down even. Huh. Well, I guess they don't. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they just yeah. like hover, they and that's why you need all the ropes to tie them down. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Huh. Okay. Well, it, it it looks interesting. It's very strong visual art. Uh, nicely put together. Uh, you should look forward to it. Hmm. Um. So, uh, War of the Burning Sky: The Adventure Path came to an end finally this week. Oh, okay. Wow. So the 12th and final adventure, yes. D&D 5th edition, this adventure path, mm-hmm. um, was released this week. 
Mm-hmm. It's called The Beating of the Aquiline Heart. Mm. And it's for 19th level characters. Nice wow. if you've got something that goes up that high. A lot of the time, uh, Adventure Paths bail out around 13 to 15th level, so... Mm. Uh, if that, yeah. Uh, a lot of the Wizards products ends around about 11th. Yeah, but they've, they've only had the one that goes up to 20, haven't they? Uh, Dungeons of the Mad Mage, yeah. yeah. Dungeons of yeah, the Mad the Mage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Candlekeep Mysteries does go up fairly 15, high as well. Oh, 15 is oh. that one. Yeah. If, if I recall correctly, which yes. it's really, really possible that I don't. I, I mean, like, it's not something I put me on, you recording correctly. But anyway, yeah, no, it's, it's good to have some. I, it starts, you do start off at level one, I believe. Uh, and this one, more than one, I think it's level three, actually. Okay. So it's three, to, it's three to 20. Right. And um, in the stunning finale to the War of the Burning Sky campaign saga, mm-hmm. the heroes lead their armies on a final assault against the might of the Regesian Empire and cut the heart out of their foe, the tyrannical Lesker. So, spoilers for people who haven't played... The Burning Skies pathway. <laughs> well, it's, 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 how epic, it's how epic war-themed fantasy campaigns always end, isn't it? That's, that's fair, that's fair. I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, goodness. Yeah. Anyway, so that's well, that pretty awesome. News. So there are some previews. So you're the Witch Beyond the Wildlike, which comes out next week, is it? Or the week after? Awesome. Like, really, really soon now. There's a few previews out there now that's mm-hmm. kind of being leaked out to a few different sites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So D&D Beyond has the Jabberwock, full stats for the Jabberwock and Ooh. art and, um, and um, you know, description and stuff. So that's, that's quite interesting. It's a Ooh. Challenge 13, huge dragon, typically chaotic evil. Hmm. Interesting the way they've got typically chaotic evil in there now. Is that the, is that the way they're going ahead with... No, alignments now, I guess. rather than saying that all Jabberwocks must be, by definition, yeah, yeah. chaotic evil, they're saying, well, like, you, know, you, you may meet the occasional one that is uh, fond of children, and these ones are fond of children unburnt. Yeah, and that's what <laughs> they're yeah, Not on toast. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, so it's got some abilities like the confusing burble and the fiery gaze, which is fun. Yeah, fair enough. So that's not the only preview that's out there, though. We also have oh. Sci-Fi Wire mm-hmm. as a look at Hither. And Hither is an mm-hmm. area of the Feywild. Mm-hmm. There's um, Hither and... Uh, Hither and some, <laughs> It's something like that, yeah. I can't, I can't remember now. There's, there's that map they released like a couple of months ago, and it's got oh, Hither okay. and... Yeah. Uh, if you didn't have Hither and Liver, then I'm just not interested. I think, that, I think that's probably what it is, yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, so yes. Hither yes. is like a fairy tale swamp area. Okay. All right. And uh, they've got some art, really gorgeous art again for this. It's got, got this sort of uh, house on stilts in the middle of this swamp. Well, makes sense. You don't really get a lot of houses with basements in swamps. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh yeah, September the 21st is when it comes out. Ah, so what, that's a mere 11 days. It's 10th day, so a mere 11 okay. days from now. Yeah. And by the time our listeners are listening to us, it might be as few as 10 or even 8. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, so... Or it might have already been released, who knows? But, yeah. but, but, so but, but, apparently, Hither is the first place the characters stumble on in the Feywild, and it's got a bunch of brigands and bodywugs, and it's ruled by a hag. Yeah. Sounds pretty swampy. Yeah. 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 I'm hoping for Willow the Wisps and maybe the old Shambling Mound as well. 
Bit I, w- I would not be surprised. There's a village at the heart of the yeah. swamp called Downfall. That's cheery. And hither, ha- okay. <laughs> and hither uh. has one inn, which is called the Inn at the End of the Road, which I assume is what that art piece is of. That's also not ominous at all. <laughs> I, I, I feel they're really, really pounding this metaphor, like, right on that nose. <laughs> do, do, they, uh, do they go straight from hither into the s- subsequent regions of thither and yon? <laughs> yeah, they're in there. Yeah, they're in there yeah. on the map. There you go. Uh, so I, was, I know where to go. That was the second preview. And the third mm. one yes. is a preview of the fairies and the rabbit folk. And that is over at Polygon. Ooh, exciting. Huh. So I'm assuming that there's going to be more previews coming out on various sites over the coming days. That, mm. that tends to be what they do. But this this particular one has... So the fairies, they're about the size of a gnome or a halfling rather than a teeny, teeny little Tinkerbell one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're a bit, they're a bit, bit about two to three feet tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of customizable, so you can call yourself a brownie if you want or whatever type of fairy you want. Okay. Nixie or pixie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're kind of... Kind Silky of, or sulky. Yeah, it's kind of like... It's a generic fairy type and then you can... Yeah. Pretty much skin it how you want, I guess. Ah, lovely. Yes. And then we've got the uh, Haringon, who are the humanoid rabbit folk. Oh, yes, yes. If Murder you wish means. to play a rabbit. Yes. Do you well, wish to play a rabbit? Well, I do hear, according to a film just released, that they are apex predators. So that is something new for me. Yeah. So they've got a preview of the races Wait, wait, hang on. Section. Peter, did he just make a low-key Peter Rabbit joke to both of us? Do you know what? I wish I had. <laughs> now you said it <laughs> unfortunately I cannot claim credit for what would have been an excellent joke <laughs> oh I, I missed I missed out on that one damn it uh, that's okay one of us well got it <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we could just edit this so it sounds like I did <laughs> make me sound cleverer than I had with that editor <laughs> uh, make, make her sound clever I mean I, I, you, I, you got, you got what you got. Anyway, well, that's just mean, isn't it, Peter? It really? is just mean. No, uh, bad Peter. Don't be mean to us. Mean spirited. It's just. I know. I know. I just expect better of you, really. To be honest. Really. It's, uh, it's I'm upset now. Is. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that you're truly touched. <laughs> so, cuts very quick, sir. It's like very quick. I am. I am laughing with misery. That is what's uh, yeah. yeah. That would explain those tears. Yes. <laughs> His laughter. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but anyway, they've got a preview of the races section. They're using the word races in the yes. book here, it mm-hmm. appears. I'm oh. still not clear what they're doing with this. Like, they keep, every time I see something, they're using a different word. I don't know, maybe they're A-B testing or something. Hmm. Do, do you A-B test with final books? <sighs> don't you just do that with an Arthacana and articles? Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean... Presumably, they have some idea of what they're doing. And, you know, social media <laughs> posts and stuff. I mean, you'd think, but who can say? Um, certainly, it's like, I don't really think it's much of a debate, if at all, but mm. anyway. Anyway, whatever. So anyway that's, that, was the, that was the third, um, that was the third um, preview, anyway. Yes. Yeah. So, I reckon in the next 11 days, there's probably going to be another three or four at least, I would mm. guess. Popping up on various sides. Yeah, yes. So that's what tends to happen. Yes. Uh, are you looking forward to that Ooh. one or not? Um, I am 
indifferent, I think, I'm afraid. It's mm-hmm. like, it looks nice enough. It's just like, I think the last couple of books that have come out haven't been very well supported with Adventurers League. Like, they're still very slowly releasing material for season 10. And I don't know, it's just like, I find it very difficult to get excited about the new stuff because, mm. I mean, this one might be fun. I'll have to wait and see what uh, the reviews are. Yeah, fair enough. Nah, fair um, so Gale Force Nine's announced a bunch of accessories for World Beyond the Witchlight. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's uh, a bunch of miniature sets. There's five different collector sets, actually. Mm. Miniature sets. There's one which has got, well, these, uh, I, I don't want to say these names. They're fantasy names. I'll say them wrong and people will <laughs> laugh at me. <laughs> I already free laugh at you. You might as well commit now. <laughs> Oh, why can't they just call fantasy characters Fred and Tom and, and yeah. things that I can actually say? Wouldn't be very fancy now, would it? If they were called Fred and uh, Tom and Peter and Russ. Uh. Oh, anyway, so yes. uh, so Zibilna and Igwilv, the rulers of Prismere. Hourglass uh, uh, Coven, which is three uh, miniatures of a trio of fortune-telling hacks. Ooh. Um, who are called Scabatha, Nightshade, Bavlorna, Blightstraw, and Endolin Moongrave. Uh, well, oh, the random right syllable generator's definitely been kicking in today, so fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I do love these kind of names that always have just like two nouns just crammed together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've probably got like a table of them somewhere. Probably, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then we've got the Harangon Brigands, which is a trio of rabbit folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got two five-piece miniatures set. One is, we've mentioned before, Valor's Call, which has uh, Strongheart, Mercian, Elkhorn, Molliver, and Ringle Run. Mm-hmm. And the other one was the League of Malevolence, which again we've uh, mentioned before, which has Warduke, Zargash, and some others. <laughs> The League of Malevolence. Uh, people only people only care about Warduke. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one that everyone wants. That does have the most stylish hat in Fantas. <laughs> and and the one legged trouser. Who can argue with the one legged trouser? What can I say? The guy's got style. Got style miles. Yeah, I think I'm going to take my jeans and I'm just going to cut off one leg and just walk around with one legged trousers from now on. Now I've seen how good Warduke <laughs> looks with it. Uh, I don't know. Can, can you carry off that over-muscled <laughs> You, That's you have glowing red eyes that come up from a black void of a face. I mean, I mean it can be well, arranged. Switch so, 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 so you carry. So you can, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, there's also a new um, DM screen, some encounter maps. Mm. Uh, here we go. The lands are his, uh, his and yon. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like we said, yeah. Nah. Uh, so, there's, so there's no prices yet, but they're fourth quarter 2021, which makes sense because that's basically when the, the adventure comes out. Yeah, so about now-ish, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the next few weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this is interesting. So Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So ICO Partners mm-hmm. has looked at the statistical data for Kickstarters this year. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first half of 2021, um, there were nearly 2,000 funded projects in the tabletop gaming category. Wow. Uh, and 606 did not fund. Okay. So um, that's what about 25%? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah roundabout. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a pretty good success um, rate. Mm. 
Yeah. Oh, 75. Yeah. 70 plus would be pretty amazing as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. Um, apparently, looking back at the data, it's been about 75% funded pretty much consistently going back to 2014. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but the numbers themselves are getting bigger. Mm. Significantly bigger. So instead of 596 funded projects in 2014, there's, you know, nearly 2,000 now. Mm. So there's like three to four times as many, many, um, yeah, many projects out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. Well, and the, yeah, some uh, of the, the amounts that those projects are raising have gone up too. That Avatar Kickstarter was terrifying mm. in how much they raised. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do point out that there's a handful of successful super large projects making over 500 grand, and these are making up the majority of the money raised, while there's like oh. nearly a thousand projects which fund at 10 grand or less that mm. only make a tiny fraction of the total money raised. Okay. So it really is being powered by a small number of really, really big projects. Yeah, but then if you think about it, like 10 grand is pretty much your, often a one-man band sort of jazz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my mini quick starters that I was doing every month, they were doing mm. about $20,000 a month. So Yeah, okay. You know. Hmm. Uh, this information only goes up until July, so it's only like the first half of the year. So it yeah, doesn't yeah. include Avatar. No, no. Which would oh. boost that significantly. Yeah. Oh, what's the other million dollar? Um, There's the Tenaris one going on yes. right now. Yes, yes. Goodness. So that's interesting. So that did a million dollars in its first month. Yes. Uh, first day, sorry. First yes. Month, first day. Yes. But then, unlike the Avatar one, which mm-hmm. did a similar amount on the first day, maybe mm-hmm. a little more, but in the yeah. same sort of ballpark, the Avatar one kind of kept the momentum yeah, so while yeah, it did, yeah. while it did, every Kickstarter does drop and have that U-shaped curve as the pledges drop and then they yeah. come up again towards the end. Avatar's drop was a very sort of shallow, it's yeah. more of a, more of a deep plate than an actual bowl, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it, it, it had like sort of a smiley face effect to it yeah. rather than like the full open mouthed D. Well, the <laughs> Tenaris one has had a quite a precipitous drop. It's just oh. gone after the first day. Well, I think we know why that is really, don't we? It's like, it's, if you're saying, pledge on the first day, you get a cool dragon. Pledge yeah. on the second day, you get nothing. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what happened. So they were giving mm-hmm. they were giving away a big incentive to pledge on the first day. And it looks like yeah. that will slightly, slightly, massively skew the yeah. traditional U-shape. Well, on the plus side, they got a million dollars. So oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that, that would be nice. Please succeeded. Yeah. It's like... Uh, but yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot of dragons. Mm. A lot, yeah. a lot of dragons. Well, you know, I assume they know what they're doing. Yes. Well, I hope they do, because. Mm. <laughs> I God. Mean, How yeah, I, I think the dragon's dollars. worth about $30 or something. I think it was, it's worth about twenty nine ninety nine or something. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. And I don't know yeah. how many people that was mm. on the first day. Mm. Actually, yeah, it's easy to, it's easy to find out. Actually, I can yeah. find out quite easily. Hang on a second. How many people on the first day? Look at kick track. Daily data. Backers per day on the first day, 4,726 people. Wow. That's 4,726 dragons they're sending out. Well, you probably want. It's about $141,000 worth of dragons. Hmm. You, pro- you probably want to uh, round up to, say, 5,000 dragons because stuff will get broken. Especially yeah. if you try to send it from the US. Well, say, say that's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of dragons mm-hmm. to make a million dollars of pledges. Seems mm. like a decent ratio to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, yeah, that a bit of back kit. There you go. 
So I guess they do know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, the million dollars does tend to say that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, the problem is if you you weren't in on the first day, it's like you think, well, I could, and it looks nice, but now I won't get my dragon. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it would be nice to do a million dollar Kickstarter, but, you know, it's... uh... (laughs) You're not not willing to commit to the dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right, what else have we got in the news? Can either of you two think of any other news? Um, well, it's sort of vaguely D&D related, yep. but they seem to be doing an interesting promotion with Nerds, which is a sort of American candy, uh, which I have also occasionally eaten. And you can get uh, Candy Mountain Caper, uh, which has been an adventure with that. Okay. I sort of assumed, actually, you'd probably already know about it. Um, I think I did see that, and then I just kind of glossed over it because... <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's entirely reasonable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a promotion aimed at me. <laughs> no, uh, me neither. That, that, a, but yeah, I thought somebody might appreciate the sweet sugary goodness of nerds, and then be like, "Oh, yes, I get D and D as well." So, what, what are nerds then? Like the small, irregularly shaped bits of sugar, possibly with some lots of citric wheat acid flour. A lot of citric acid. They go with a lot of sour stuff. I remember them vaguely being quite popular, ooh, crikey, about 30, 40 years ago. Mm. They're, years they're ago, teeny, yeah. tiny little things, though. They're like... Yeah. But you get like a box, and you basically yeah. are supposed to shovel it into your mouth Yeah, they've the got this time. crunchy kind of... I don't know. Like Russ said, they're, well, it's well, not really well, aimed at me anymore. Like, I, I had them yeah. a lot more when I was 20 years yeah. younger. <laughs> now it's just uh, like... Uh, oh, uh, oh, good shout. 20 years younger. Yeah, nice, nice. Let's <laughs> nice. that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I mean, basically, it's like, when, when when you're a small child, you're like, oh, well, this seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to do, sugar into the face. And then I'm, like, trying to explain it to a grown adult. I'm like, oh, wow, that was weird stuff I did as a kid. Huh. Actually, if we're <laughs> going to go back to when I was a small child, we're going to have to go 30 years younger, but... <laughs> <clears throat> Ooh, we yeah, yeah. did you guys see the preview of level up that was posted last week i think it was after last week's podcast but before this one so it was during the week i think and it was crossing the titan's garden an example of a journey oh did you see I that one not. that was posted on the fourth whenever that was let me give I, you i what? saw that it went up i did not look through it yet well let so. me let me give you a super link or yeah. mega link. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Oh, dear. So basically, it, it walks you through a journey using the level up journey rules. Oh. And basically, shows you how they work. Oh, yes. I've seen the journey checklist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's good. So this is, I think, if people are oh, interested yeah. in the exploration pillar, I think this is probably the best preview of it you're going to get at the moment. I think it's just things like the maximum monster CR uh, for a level of party and the fact that it's all just – there's a table where basically all the math, like do you want easy battle for two adventurers? Yeah. Hard, medium, hard, deadly. Yeah, these are the maximum monster CRs. You've got six or more adventurers, then this is sort of the maximum CR that they can comfortably fight. Yeah, mm. that's what jazz. It's very good. And it yeah. is 1 to 20 uh, from two to six or more players. So it's – yeah, it's strong. but then this article goes through sort of defining the region, setting the travel yes. place, 
page using rests and supplies, mm. journey activities, boons and discoveries, encounter tables, and uh, two example encounters. One is a bogard, mm. and the other is a cursed temple, which is an exploration challenge. Okay, it's making weather a bit yeah. more relevant. That's pretty good. Yeah, so it just walks through the entire journey. It's a short, it's a very short journey. It's like a four day journey across yeah. one forest. But Ooh. it kind of walks you through it. And it's, uh, ah, yeah, and like those, content, the journey though. activities. Mm. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah. I like just like this heavy undergrowth, um, ranged attacks beyond 15 feet are made with disadvantage. Like mm. that sort of mm. thing, like, it seems like a small thing, you know, because it just fits on one line, but that sort of parameter really helps, like, define an area as something special rather than just open adventuring room, you know? Yeah. And also <laughs> just something like that totally changes the way you act in that environment. Mm. Yeah. Because you find all your ranged attackers are going to have to keep moving. They've got no choice. Yeah. If they want to keep a... Keep a line of sight yeah. on their targets or they're going to have yeah. to accept that you know a lot of their arrows are going to get caught on vines and branches and stuff like oh, that yeah yeah be less effective is that is that ranged attacks or ranged weapon attacks ranged attacks well then in which case the uh, firebolts and so forth we're also going to have a hard mm-hmm. time yeah well those saving throw spells are probably <laughs> just going to work yes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> interesting yeah. time to pull out magic so, missile anyway. again <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm laughing because Russ's wizard has an amazing ability to roll ones on a d4. It's it's, it's something to behold. Lots of times <laughs> and ones on d20s also. Pretty yeah, good at yeah. that also. Hey, no, that's not entirely fair. I mean, you did roll as high as a three at one occasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm just going to switch to spells that don't require any rolls. See, that's the yeah, great yeah. thing about Saving playing throws. a uh, right. spellcaster is like, no, you you roll. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't like me, you roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what I'm going to do. Switch to saving throw spells instead. Uh, yeah. I, I roll in the open, so at least you'll have the satisfaction of knowing that the dice are on this ish. Yes. So, so one, one, one of the other things about level up this week yes. is um, I, I did a poll a couple of weeks ago listing all of the 54, I think it's 54 features that I'd listed in Level Up. That's a lot of features. Which didn't cover everything, but it covered everything I could think of at the time. So many features. Uh, And we now have, we now know what are the 10 most anticipated features out of those 54. Uh, Really? Because I I, I wanted to know what people were excited about. Yeah, I voted in this poll. I'll be interested to hear what won. Okay. Ooh, ooh. So, reverse order. Reverse order. Reverse order. Okay. Yeah. Is that the whole fifty-four or just the ten? Let's Top ten. Just do the yeah. ten, shall we? Just the ten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Number ten was the new martial yeah. class, providing support tactics and non-magical buffs. Uh, a warlord by any other name would smell as sweet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Number nine, easy mm-hmm. to use strongholds and followers. Mm, right. I'm looking forward to using that yeah. for my. Soon to be level two party. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. Rules yes. for crafting, mundane and magical items. That is going to be nice. Like, I think it's more of a mid-range sort of thing when they're like, okay, we've managed to survive the tier one, but now we have all this excess money. What do we do with it? And now they should say, who could make magic weapons? Um, much screen. Yes. Mm. Actually, both of both of the last two are like that. You could buy a stronghold. Mm. You could make magic weapons. You could make mundane weapons. You know, it's mm. like you've actually got something uh, to do with all this well, wealth you've accrued. Well, I, when, when, I this, <laughs> when, I, when I finish the list, I think you'll be able to see that it kind of divides into three different, kind of three different broader themes. 
Okay. But wait, wait right. till I finish the list. And then, so number seven right. is Revised Monster and Siamath. Um, yes. A lot of people are excited about yeah. that. Paul did a really Apparently. good job with that, so that's yes. not surprising. So, good. <laughs> so, uh, so good. it's just made games easy to run. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. And also it makes those encounter balancing tables you were just talking about work. Yes. As well. Yes, yes, yes. Like, I mean, they've been very reliable so far. And it's just, it just, it's taking off a stress I didn't know was there. Because mm. I'm pretty experienced at running games and stuff like that. But there's always just like this little niggling worry in your head that's like, what What if I've ever it? Mm. What if I hit too hard? What if, yeah. what if they just disintegrate? But I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, especially in the games where we play, where if your character dies, the player dies as well. I mean, that just adds nah, to the pressure, <laughs> doesn't it? I mean, those oh. prana pits under the chairs, it's just that's, that's scary. <laughs> Yeah, well, those cyanide yeah, I mean, capsules you... are really expensive too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you knew the risks when you signed up to play with me. <laughs> but I mean, some people will be saying, "Oh, well, consigning you to do an hour of paperwork to get back into the game is punishment enough." But I'm like, "Well, you know, do you have a real skin in the game at that point?" <laughs> anyway, we where, did, where did we get to? What was the last one we just did? Number seven, I think, wasn't it? Yes, Vice Monster Uh So, number six: a range of downtime activities. Mm, yes. Speaking of things um, that just make the world feel more like lived in and believable, like actually mm, having yeah. something to do between adventures is a good way of. Yeah. You know. yeah. So no, I, I've sort of gone off downtime a bit because like it can be a bit, uh, tail whacking the dog sometimes, but I, th- I find that downtime activities can also kind of be used as a way for people to play in between game sessions though. Okay. So you've you got a week's gap between the game session, but you can mm-hmm. still do a, a few, you know, a few bits and pieces in between the game session, which mm. I find kind of fun. Okay. I haven't seen this, but I, I, I'm prepared. I'm interested. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Number five is my mm-hmm. favorite, immersive yeah. journey rules. Mm. We just talked about, about those. We did. Yeah. I only made number five? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, number four. Yes. It's the new spellless ranger class with strong wilderness features. Uh, yes. Well, we're getting Anthony Lippo, who was one of the designers on that. They're going to be on the show next week. To talk about the ranger. Oh, he is. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. Uh, I, I got two parties and uh, two rangers so far. So clearly it's proving popular with people that I run for. <laughs> so after, after you left last night, Al, who's <laughs> playing the ranger in our level up game. Yes. I was about to choose his archetype because he's at level three. Yes. And yes. he's, uh, he was going to go, for, his, his choices were Wildborn, which is the spell, spellcasting yes. one, if you want to jump back into spellcasting ones, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the Warden, which is the yeah. Aragorn-y one. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking of taking that along with the mounted combat tradition, Spirited spe- Steed, mm-hmm. and he wants to be quite, he wants to be a kind of mounted ranger. Hmm. Okay. Non-magical well, mounted ranger. I'll have to check the CRs of Elk and so forth, but I'm pretty sure there must be a dinosaur with equivalent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was number four. Yes. So number three, and as yes. I can say, you, you can see how this is kind of broadly three big sort of themes. Mm-hmm. Number three was a full exploration pillar is a third of the game integrated throughout. Mm. Which very much links to the immersive journey rules and the... Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's number three. Number two is that all classes can operate in all three pillars of the game. People like that. Mm, that's something yeah. that's been sorely lacking up to this point. So, yeah, mm. this is something I thought was so important. I'd also mm. the, the thing that I still kind of find myself having to reiterate is like the social pillar. 
which is important. And you get some mm. people saying, I don't want my character to have social abilities. Mm. I want to reiterate that antisocial is a type of social. So yes. if you if you want a gruff dwarven fighter who hates everyone and has no social skills whatsoever, that is still abilities in the social pillar. You know, nah. that means he's inti- that means he can be intimidating or he can be resistant mm. to being charmed or stuff like that. That's still yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I can I, actually absolutely. picture some of the specific abilities that such a character would probably take out of the the fighter class in fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and also like I was looking at level 6 because I'm Look at level six of fighter. I'm like, where is my feet? And then I'm, but but now now I have the context of the other traditions. I'm like, uh, not the other traditions, the uh, the 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 archetypes. Mm-hmm. Is that what we call subclasses? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. That like the archetypes for the fighter are like, oh, oh, I see. This is how this works. Ah, excellent. Think, and now it all makes I sense. I think subclasses isn't actually a word in original 5e either it's just it's just one that people just kind of started using but if you look through the yeah. book i don't think you'll find the word subclass there anyway yeah, Some, someone's now gonna look through the book and find it and i'm gonna be wrong yeah. <laughs> i think well, i think no. it's not in there yeah, yeah um but yeah uh the thing that i particularly liked was at level six it's it's the uh the three different options you have of what sort of nerd is your fighter mm. yeah <laughs> and it's like are you a weapons nerd are you a military history nerd what sort of nerd are you? Yeah, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I like this. It's a, uh, it's sort of like the um, uh, people playing uh, fantasy football. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, it, it just stuck with me. Hmm. Moving on. So this is number one then. So that was all classes yes. operating in all three pillars of the game. Number one, yes. the thing that people are most excited about about level up. The number yes. one thing. Yes. Yes. Is. Yes. Is. Is your you still waiting for the paper? <laughs> <laughs> Meaning number one is meaningful choices. Every time you level up, that's yeah. the number yeah. one thing people are looking forward to. Yeah, and I would also say that lines up with the fact that every time I've played Five E, mm. that's the number one thing that people complained about. The mm. leveling up wasn't that interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's a good okay. thing to yeah. fix then. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, it's like um, a lot of times it's like, oh, okay, what did you get? Extra attack. Mm. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Do you get anything yeah. else? No. Yeah, and some hit points, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> yeah. My proficiency I, I bonus went up by one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby! Whoop, whoop! <laughs> so, so if, you, if you look at that list of 10 items, yes. Yes. so we four of the top 10 items are related yes. to the exploration pillar. As they should like, be. So... That is clearly a, a thing that people are really, really keen on. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have new classes, both like new classes Marshall. mentioned twice: the, the spellless mm. ranger and the marshal. Yes, over yep. in the top ten. Yep. And also, we've got a lot of non-adventuring stuff. So we've got the crafting, oh. we've got the strong oh, crafts, we've got the downtime mm. activities. Yes. So that's three things in the top ten. Yep. So as you can see, there's like three kind of broad. One's like classes and character customization. One's the exploration pillar, and one's kind of downtime y type stuff. And there's yeah, three yeah. broad topics that people seem to mm. sorely, you know, missing from the original version of the five E rule. Mm. So not yeah. surprising there. I'm, 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 I'm a bit like I'm an uh, about these things. I haven't really seen the rules for it. So, but to be fair, the rest of the product has been pretty good. So yeah, it, it should be. <laughs> So, so that song has got that. It's got that ease, ease of ease of running, which is what makes Five E quite fun. Anyway, 
But yeah. that sounds like an amazing set of uh, top ten. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting too, like to see what the reactions of people who um, weren't closely following the playtest will be to some of the other mm. class changes because. Yeah, I mean, like the the marshal is very cool, and the the new spellless ranger is very cool, but like the new warlock is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there, there's like not okay. So not only is it much more versatile even than the original one was, but they the designers also figured out a way to like get rid of all the crazy multi class cheese that was kind of inherent in that class. Mm-hmm. So people will actually be taking it for like you know, flavor and, you know, uh, like this is uh, a I mean, character concept reasons rather than, oh, I just want to use my charisma bonus to attack instead of having mm, to use strength uh, or dexterity. Well, 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 yeah. I mean, we're talking about like the hex blade hack, which yeah. you, you put into your paladin because you want to be able to hit things with charisma, which seems like a really solid choice. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's basic, basically the hex blade is a patch for packs of the blade to make close combat warlocks actually able to survive being on the front line, right. which they could previously not. Mm. But instead of putting it in, instead of updating Pact of the Blade, they put it in like the single class subclass. So it's like, well, I could play a warlock, like a hexblade, or I could play literally, or, or, or I could just play something else that will get killed easily. Mm. And it's like, uh, yeah. Well, then you get like these crazy, like, you know, one level of warlock for hexblade, two levels of uh, paladin for divine smite, and then sorcerer the rest of the build. It's like, come on, guys. Like, that's, uh, that's not just cheesy. That's a whole cheese shop. I like I, I think I proposed and Brie in that same like build. There, it's just I think I proposed. Uh, it, and I don't know if we actually uh, did this in the end. I think probably uh, we didn't, but maybe I, I I couldn't tell you if we did or not. But the multi-classing, we said we could say the you have to stick with a class for three levels before you can multi-class. Oh, okay. Hmm. Which made it uh, a lot a lot harder to level dip, basically. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, uh, th- I don't think we did do that in the end, though. Yeah, I, I mean, Sword Locked In is nice, but it's sort of, do you want to be waiting for your level three spells until level eight? Yeah, yeah. 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 You'll get the spell slots, which is nice, but level eight, that's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. do you want to know what number 54 was on that list, then? The bottom item on the list, the people that oh, people are least looking forward to. got to be last. Still, some people are interested in these things. It's not like nothing that got any, nothing got zero votes. Oh, okay, but That's... the least interesting gem and spirit dragons plus great worms. Hmm. So the huh. new dragons I are the thing that was the least dragons in... to be yeah, much more behind. I suspect it might be just because Wizards is coming out with their own big dragon book very soon. That's it. Maybe Drake's on a plane. Come yeah. to a bookstore near you. <laughs> but yeah, that was the bottom of the list. Was yeah. was the new dragons. Okay. I, I think once oh, again, uh, like once people see those, that <laughs> may change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like, oh, they do what now? They oh, are definitely more interesting. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Even just that uh, uh, the preview that you posted up of the green dragon with that mm. was it poisonous whispers or honeyed words or something like yeah. that. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's creepy. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's old. Uh, that was like over six oh. months ago, maybe maybe closer to a year, nine months yeah. or something that I posted yeah. that one, wasn't it? It's a mm. long time ago, so I'm pretty sure mm. it's even better now. Hey, have you yeah. heard of the McLean RPG? Uh, the McLean RPG? Mm. Is this a reference to Die Hard? Mm. So I saw, this on, I saw this mentioned on Geek Native, a review of it. Mm-hmm. So it's a one-page RPG. Of course, and, yeah. and it's designed, you can do Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and Beverly Hills Cop and those basic, those 80s <laughs> 
cop action movies. <laughs> okay, right. And it's, as it's one page, it's fairly simple. So um, you have one mechanic, you have one stat. It's your cop yes. rating, which starts at two. Okay. And when you try to do something, you roll a d6, and if you roll less than your crop rating, it's a success. Yes. Okay. If you roll higher than your crop rating, you take damage, <laughs> but your crop rating goes up by one. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, if your crop rating hits six, you succeed on that last task heroically and then die. <laughs> and that's basically the rules. Okay. <laughs> well, it's literally um, a one page. There's a D6 table um, character to random generator to choose your personality, job, and weapon. Yes. <laughs> and then there's a, a simple sort of scenario generator. So it's like you have to escape from the theme park and the main villain is a frail genius or something. Oh, dear. Well, okay, wait, wait, wait there's is a this- job table? The job isn't just cop over and over again? <laughs> maybe it's a maybe it's a sort of cop you are traffic cop detective <laughs> yes. you know <laughs> SWAT officer uh, yeah this is by AP Shanker and you can get it um, over on itch.io or itch.io or however you're supposed to say that and it's free it's free you can get it for free or, or you can donate if you want oh, oh yeah check, check like a fun. couple of dollars yeah yeah, yeah. But then again, I have just told you all of the rules, so if you don't need to know. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's actually really bad. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a free RPG, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're promoting it, so yeah. yeah. Uh, and check out AP Schenker and that other works. Mm. Right. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just name. Shall we play our favourite game in all the world? The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. All right. Oh, God, man. Sounds like fun. (laughs) It always sounds like fun. (laughs) Okay, then. Who would like to go first? Shall I go first, Peter? (laughs) This is is not going to get confusing at all. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I, I've, right, I've heard okay. this game played before. I'm, I'm yeah, but go ahead. Uh, all right, uh, uh, it's only confusing for us because the idea of more than one Peter confuses yeah. him. Yeah. Um, like, whereas, as I'm used to being a Peter, if I say Peter or Russ, that's very easy. For me. If you say Peter or Russ, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Peter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> see how this works. <laughs> now you see, you can tell which one that I'm talking to because the one that I'm looking at. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that would that works on Zoom. <laughs> super, works the super yeah, we can tell that. The one sure. I'm pointing at. We're on different continents, <laughs> man. You're just pointing into a camera. You're pointing at Peter Martin. That. What are you doing? Look at me. All right, Peter C. Would you like to go first? I would love to. All right, then. Are you yes. in? Yeah, hit me. What you got? Come on. What is Valder's Spire of Secrets? I don't know, but it's a good name. Um, <laughs> Valders, is it V, is it like Boulders, but with a V? Uh, no, V-A-L-D-A, Valders, Aspire, oh, or oh. Secrets. Huh. Not that I think it okay. matters how it's spelled, which is a fantasy name, I think, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes there are clues and roots and so forth, but this is, uh, random syllables are us. Um, Valders, Spire of Secrets, was it? Hmm. Yeah, okay. So. 
Let's see, Val that is presumably a wizard of some sort, or wizard. Wizard. To give it its proper pronunciation. Mm. And they have a uh, tower, or maybe even a spire, as we like to call it, which I learned has of yesterday can also refer to a big square chunk of rock going straight up, as opposed to something you'd find on top of a church. And in it, there are all sorts of... So I think this is... I think this is an adventure. I'm hoping for an adventure. Um, and it's also a bit of a setting book as well. It's a setting book for an adventure in. Uh, it's got lots of different spells and uh, magical items and all sorts of like clever plot ideas. And it feels like a real grab bag of things that's all put in like secrets to add to your game. And we'll say it's for, um, fifth edition, but I don't think it's Forgotten Realms. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've got so far. Okay. Well, guess what? It's not for 5th edition. It is for 5th edition. You're half of it. So it has got all that stuff that you just mentioned, but it's not an adventure. Uh It is a straight source book full of options. Yes. So it's big. It's like nearly 400 pages. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's a lot of options. It's a tall spire. (laughs) Well, it's got 10 new classes. Oh, wow, okay. 150 subclasses. Five new ancestries, over mm-hmm. 50 feats, 130 150? new spells. That's like 10 subclasses per existing class. Or more, in fact. Crikey. Mm. Wow. And yeah. it's done incredibly well. We've still got three weeks to go, and it's done mm. over a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So um, let's, let's have a look at these. I'm curious about what these uh, cla- these 10 new classes are. There's definitely uh, too much content to actually... Um, so we've got, oh, yeah, that's huge. Okay, we've got the alchemist, mm-hmm. captain, mm-hmm. craftsman, mm-hmm. gunslinger, mm-hmm. investigator, martyr, mm-hmm. necromancer, uh, warden, uh, okay. war mage, okay. witch. Mm, that's, that's the 10 new classes. Hmm. Okay, well... I mean, and if you're backing that Kickstarter, then excellent news. This is all compatible with Advanced Fifth Edition. Have a look. It's got miniatures with it. Mm-hmm. It's got a box set with it. Good grief. This is spell cards, GM screen, virtual tabletop stuff, a starter kit, hard oh, covers, dice, dice boxes. This is an ambitious project. <laughs> Does it come with a kitchen sink for us? Enamel pins, a binder. <laughs> A leather class journal, a book of mimics, <laughs> a book of mimics. Okay, <laughs> yeah. There's a it lot actually of s- comes with the table that you run your game at and chairs. There's a <laughs> lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, let's have a look at the prices. Who, let's have a look at the prices who, of this. Given who, the, who's, give, this who's making this? Uh, oh, this is by. Let me see. Mage Hand Press. That's a name I've heard before. Okay. I think. So, uh, Mage Hand okay. Press. Have made. They've been yeah, on Kickstarter twice before. People? Yeah, so they did Dark Matter. Uh, yeah. So Dark Matter. They did for two hundred for a quarter million dollars back in twenty. Well, this last year was it? The year before? Maybe two uh, years. The ago. year before might be yeah, two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Maybe three. Yeah. Dark Matter. Yeah. Yeah. So so they did that. So that was science fiction of a D and D fifth edition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the legally distinct from Mass Effect role-playing game, yeah. Well, it, well it's interesting because that's still got, like, actual magic, but it's in space. It's it's 
almost more mm. like legally distinct from Starfinder. Mm. It's pretty Ooh, good well, though. I've, I've got yeah. a copy of Dark Matter in PDF that I bought. That's, Ooh. Yeah. So that's pretty quick. Though. Well, anyway, it's mm. doing doing very, 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 very well. It's Valdis Sparrow's Secrets. So, Peter, I'll give you half points for that. Oh, Which is seven points out of 14. Yep. Congratulations. Okay. Oh, thank you. So, Peter. commanding lead that i got to try and make up here. <laughs> Are you oh, ready? Day. Are you ready, Peter? Hit me. What you got? Okay. This one is called... This is a slightly more difficult one, actually. So, if you get this, I'll give you double points. This is called Down We Go. Down We Go. Down we go. Okay, so I can actually see two different ways, or two different things that this could be. So I'm I'm trying to to figure out like whether this is literal or metaphorical. If it's literal, like some kind of like a spelunking, you know, product or something, kind of um, uh, guide to like caves and underground stuff. If it's more metaphorical, I could see it being like a collapse of society post-apocalyptic kind of a thing hmm. but you do have to pick one yeah hmm. i'm gonna roll the dice and go with the metaphorical let's let's say that this is some kind of um you know fall of civilization kind of a thing oh, wrong one <laughs> it was one of those two things, but it was the other one. <laughs> oh, 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 I guessed okay. wrong. This blunking oh, guy. Uh, so this is an OSR style RPG, mm. although it's not um, OSR in the D and D sense. It's got its own system. Um, mm-hmm. It's got like a single page of core rules, and then it's got a set of one page dungeons to get you going, and a core Ooh. setting called Infinopolis. A city that shifts Ooh. and changes every time you come back from the deep. Hmm. Uh, and then being OSR style, it's got random tables for events, NPCs, and mm. locations, expanded GM rules for hex crawls, factions, room, rumors, and stuff. Mm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, it looks yeah. like it's all black and white, you know, probably old school presentation mm. as well. It looks pretty cool. Mm. And that one is it's also, it's not on Kickstarter, this is on GameFound, which is, oh. uh, I think it's a newer. Um, crowdfunding platform because i've never mm-hmm. used that one before yeah i don't think i've ever even heard the name before yeah um no, no to me. well they've uh they've funded they've done over ten thousand dollars of their four and a half thousand dollar goal and they have got two weeks left to go nice well congratulations yeah. to that team so uh so peter i will give you one point because you did half get it even though you chose <laughs> the wrong one <laughs> oh, oh i'm being crushed here <laughs> well oh peter there is everything left to play for okay. trust me on this one okay so <laughs> peter c are you ready hell yeah what I forgot what is survive this what shadows hide mm. and survive ah. this has two exclamation marks after it <laughs> two exclamation marks well, as we know from the works of Terry Pratchett, multiple exclamation marks are the sure sign of a diseased mind. <laughs> so, uh, in this case, survive this, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, uh, that feels like a sort of a zombie game or some sort of like, yeah, catastrophe. I feel zombies for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and what shadows hide is. Ooh, like extra, it's like a, feels like an extra bestry for all sorts of ghouls and ghosties and like other argorables 
which are so cool because you point it and say, ah, it's horrible. Um, shortly before it tries to eat your face. Uh, yeah, so I think that's what it is. Best read for Survive This, whatever that is. Um, full of all sorts of horror and different sort of things. And, oh, I don't know, probably throwing some classes if they have such and extra tools and trinkets. Yeah, just, just like, uh, oh, cursed artifacts as well. If they have such a thing, that's where I'll put that in that book. Hmm. So that's what I'm going with. Okay. So it's not that. So oh, it's a Fair modern enough. horror and investigation game. Okay. Compatible with Dark Places and Demogorgons, We Die Young, Vigilante City, and more. Okay. Um, it's in the same vein as the X-Files, Supernatural, and Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Um, you get two books. You get the core rules, and you okay. get the Cthulhu source book. Oh, okay. And you can play a whole bunch of different races, a doppelganger, mm. a ghost, a ghoul, a grey, um, a reptilian, a vampire. Vague, yeah. Yes. A oh. human, apparently. Hang on. Who would want to do that? And a bunch Ooh. of classes, including an exorcist, a mystic, a necromancer, an occultist, a paranormal investigator, a bunch of stuff like that. Ooh. Sounds interesting. Does look pretty cool. Ooh. It's on Kickstarter. It had a $1,200 goal. It's done nearly $5,000. It's got four days to go. So you've got to get on Exciting. that one pretty quick. Perfect. Sounds like but, a direct competitor to Monster of the Week. Yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> same same sort of theme, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think but I, not powered by the apocalypse. It, some of those names did sound familiar. Uh, Demons and Demigorgons, was it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know. Stranger Things has broken Demigorgons for me, I'm afraid, so there we go. <laughs> anyway, so Peter, I don't think I can give you any points for that. Ah, okay, fair enough. And now we've just finished Peter's turn, and it's now Peter's turn. <laughs> I believe in you, Peter. You got this. <laughs> All right, what you got for me? <clears throat> okay, Peter, what is the curse of Bloodstone Isle? Curse of Bloodstone Isle. Hmm. Well, this sounds like an adventure for sure. Um, I would imagine that this adventure would take place on Bloodstone Isle and involve some kind of a curse that needs to be dealt with. Uh, with a name like that, I'm guessing you're probably going up against, uh, undead of some kind. It's probably vaguely piratey themed. I'm guessing this is for 5e. Pretty close. So, it is for 5e. It is an adventure and, well, and setting. It's created by the creator of Vampire, Mark Reinhagen. All right. Mm -hmm. There's a pedigree there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Curse of Bloodstone Isle, uh, a dark fantasy campaign setting for 5e. Ah, okay. Uh, a pirate well, I mean, I, I would imagine and... with Reinhagen in there, there will definitely be some undead. Mm. So. <laughs> so what we got? We got Bloodstone, the time and space trap, a pirate haven, a lost city, a vampire hellhole, hollowed out of a volcano. This does seem pretty cool. As I scroll down this Kickstarter page. Yeah, this sounds kind of interesting, actually. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Tempting. Tempting. The art is gorgeous. I'm going to give you the link so you can scroll down and see some of the art on this one. Oh, yeah. There's some lovely art on this one when you scroll further down the page. You can definitely see the vampire influence. Oh, there. yeah. Yeah, I'll bet that you is... this guy got some of his uh, art contacts from his time at White mm. Wolf to help him out. Oh, yeah. This is. Why is that vampire wearing a maple leaf for a hat? Why not? This definitely I, I feels very white wolfy from looking at the artwork, yeah. which is not an indictment. I mean, they uh, you know they were a very popular company for mm. a long time for a good mm. reason. 
Yeah. In particular, like the uh, the the pirate guy with the red eyes and the bloodstained fingers. That's like peak White Ooh. Wolf there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That one below that as well. I love that yeah. piece. Of art. I don't even know how to describe mm. that piece, but uh, it's gorgeous. Oh, um, it's almost that. It's a, it's where you're sort of questioning: Is this a helmet or is this a skull? Yeah, yeah. Um, Looks like it's a helmet. Uh, it's, yeah, okay. So it's a helmet which is quite uh, elongated. It's like got it's it sort of reminds me of the heads of aliens from Aliens, where it's got like that long swept back forehead, sort of long mm, skull, yeah. and it's like sort of pitch black, dark uh, eye sockets with no mouth and like just a bit of a nose, which is lacking sides but in each of the eye sockets is this pinprick of glowing red light mm. and this is all set within like a sort of a big uh looks like a sort of maybe furry feathery rough and then there's the it's like some kind of a leather coat or something blade. there mm. yeah I, I can't yeah i think they must be like quite thick set or something with yeah yeah, yeah. so interesting yeah so i'm surprised this hasn't done better than it Already has. I mean, it has funded. Oh, Ooh. no, it hasn't quite funded yet. Oh, look. No, so it's got a $20,000 goal. Um, it's yeah. done sixteen, just almost $17,000. To be fair, it does have three weeks to go yet. So, yeah. so it's obviously going to fund. But I would have expected that one to take off, like, mm. with the pedigree and the fact that it's for 5E and the fact that it looks gorgeous. I mean, it's competing with a lot of other stuff right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 true, true. Mm. Anyway. This does look cool, Ooh. though. So, Peter, I will give you nine points out of ten for that. Because you're right. almost right. spot on, which gives you a total of ten, I believe. Yep. To Peter's seven. Yes. <laughs> so that means I can oh. say that the winner of our favourite game in all the world this week is Peter. <laughs> hey! That's not confusing. <laughs> you were going to be able to say that regardless of how this went. Also, <laughs> well, it was a tie, I suppose. I <laughs> know. Uh, I think. I think you definitely won. You get to take home the metaphorical trophy, which is a smug sense of self-satisfaction. Congratulations! Oh, it's a treasure it always. <laughs> ah, three hours to go, and I still haven't written a sketch for this week's podcast. Mate, relax, it'll come to you. Yeah, you say that every week. Well, it does, doesn't it? Well, barely, in the nick of time, and one day it won't. Oh, don't panic. Just think about something else. Oh, did, did like, you have any suggestions? Mm, maybe, one or two. Well, hit me with them then. I mean, when I say one or two... Well, what of it? It may have been more than one or two. Well, the more the merrier. Maybe among the list we'll find gold. Okay, okay. How about fake or fortune? But it's a famous magic item, like the Hand of Vecna. Hmm. Big sale! Now on at Love's Spider Silk Clothing Emporium. Oh, I'm not sure. New show. Coming soon to Palantir Prime or Scryflitz. Well, I do like a good pun. A new lich reads its own obituary. Uh, a bit dark, don't you think? Ah! A documentary in style of David Attenborough, all about bear owls. Oh, if only I could do the voice. Hmm. Henchmen attempting to unionize for better working conditions. Really sure we've done that one before. Uh, a reviewer unboxed the latest armor, but it's cursed. Possibly. A player brings his lawyer to provide support and game right. Uh, my client has indicated that he's prepared to roll a d20, but he will not be held liable for the outcome. <laughs> now that actually happened once. Oh, is it? Oh, a gamer aggressively tries to bet on the outcome of every dice roll. Oh, that too. 
After saving town by battling the most hideous creature you can imagine, everyone is suspicious of the meat served at the victory feast. Ooh, yum. Bear elf steak. Ooh, uh, a good-natured janitor relates the story of how he once accidentally became the evil overlord of the Fortress of Doom. A morning cooking show feature focusing on the best ways to cook the critters you find in the dungeon. An adventuring party take questions from the press about their latest campaign. It takes a dark turn. Where are you getting all these ideas? Oh, I don't know. They just come to me. Oh, keep them coming. I'm writing all these down. <sighs> a villain attempts to rebrand himself after a disastrous campaign. <laughs> Art imitating life, eh? <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. Uh, oh, fans infused about the latest exploits of their favourite adventuring party has if they're a boy band. Oh, fan favourite adventuring party discusses how much they hate fans. Fans lament the breakup of their favourite adventuring party. Maybe you should write the sketches instead. I just an ideas guy, you know. Wait, what's that? Oh, what's what? You're getting these off your phone. I am not. Yes, you are. I can see you have a list of them. Oh, I mean, technically, I suppose. You've just asked the listeners for ideas on Facebook, haven't you? Maybe. Yeah, that's our Facebook group right there. I'm just scouting for some seas of inspiration. And passing them off as your own. I, I, I like to think of myself more as a facilitator, thank you very much. A facilitator? A conduit, if you will. A conduit? From the collective comedic wisdom of our fans to the writing circuits of your brain. Well, I suppose if it works. See, you've now got enough sketch ideas to last you for months. Well, coming up with the idea is the hardest part. Oh, I can imagine. Well, apart from actually writing the sketch, that's definitely the hardest part. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, aside from coming up with an ending, that's definitely the hardest part. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've got to stick that landing and the whole sketch just falls apart, yeah. Well, as long as you're not counting actually performing the sketch, I'd say that's probably the hardest part. You're really making a meal out of this. Uh, still, at least you covered the hardest part. It's all easy writing from here. Uh, you know, I might just transcribe this conversation and pretend it's a sketch. Oh, that would be super meta. I reckon nobody would even realise... It certainly can't be less funny than most of your sketches. Hey, I heard that. Right, now to come up with an ending. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys us all these wonderful microphones and mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires. So many wires. And all these wires. Uh, We have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps.
Right then, so let's talk about some multi-class feeds. Yeah, I, I think the question that we all burn to ask is, why would you have multi-class feeds in the first place? Mm. Well, <sighs> because uh, regular 5e multi-classing is kind of bland. <laughs> mm. So I came to D&D with 3rd edition back in the early 2000s, mm. and... One of the things that they did to facilitate multi-classing is you had like feats and prestige classes that kind of took some, you know, from column A and some from column B. And you had this nice kind of combined character that had aspects of, say, fighter and wizard or, mm-hmm. you know, cleric and monk or whatever, you know, you were doing to to mix. Yeah. That really doesn't exist anymore in 5e. There's no prestige classes. Um, feats are very... Very optional. Um, a lot of even a lot of groups that do use them don't see a lot of them used because um, ability score increases are so important. Mm. Um, yes. With with bounded accuracy, yeah. the the math is mm. really tight in five e, which is which is good in a lot of ways. Um, it's something that mm-hmm. I appreciate about it. But uh, unfortunately, in a situation where you're trying to make a multi class character, especially if you have what's kind of a considered a non-optimal um, combination mm. where you've got two classes yeah. with like different key attributes. Mm. So for instance, oh, yeah, yeah. let's say you want to mix like sorcerer and monk. Well, sorcerers need charisma. Monks need uh, at the very minimum wisdom. Dexterity, dexterity and wisdom. Yeah. And mm. probably they also want constitution cool. and strength. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that's four key attributes, which mm-hmm. is about three more than you want your character to be relying on. Absolutely. Yeah. At least two more, you know. I mean, like you can mm. you can get away with two, you know. Like you'll you'll have your paladin that's got strength and charisma, you know. You can get mm. them both to around like sixteen to eighteen or so, and you'll be all right. But mm. so you know, you're you're already climbing a hill there, and then like the abilities don't plug into each other at all. No, no. What I did, and actually, this is the perfect place for me to be to, to be discussing this because this would not exist if not for En Cider, which is where I um, got the first batch of twelve of these published. Mm. So, um, uh-huh. Russ, in, in a very real way, you kind of enabled me to start self-publishing RPG content. So I really appreciate that. So, so you're blaming Russ? Is, <laughs> that, is that correct? No, I'm crediting <laughs> Russ. <laughs> oh, crediting? Sorry. Uh, oh, Russ, you're being credited, not yeah, blamed for something. If he goes in, this is a red the, the credits page, there's a special thank you with his name on it there. There is. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah well, well thank up, you. I, 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 I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Anyway, you're saying. Um so at any rate, what I what I did for these is and actually this kind of goes back to an earlier part of the conversation. So the multi-class feats are designed, you have to have three levels of each of the two classes that you want to be mm. combining. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a couple of reasons. First of all, it it keeps the dipping down like you guys were talking about. But second, every single base class in vanilla, you know, Watsy 5e will have its subclass by that point. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a really clear like mm. identity for the character. And then when you tick one of those over into four, you'll get an, um, the opportunity to take a feat. And yeah. the feats are designed to basically make the classes more interoperable. So, for instance, mm-hmm. in the um, in the monk-sorcerer uh, combination that we were just talking about, you yeah. are allowed to combine your sorcery points and your key points into a single pool that you can draw on for either key abilities or metamagic. Mm. Oh, so nice. That's got com- quite a feng shui wuxia feel to yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. really address like the underlying problem of needing the multiple yeah. um, attributes, but at least it gives mm-hmm. you the ability to use like the resources of one class with another. Yeah. Um, the mm-hmm. Bard Paladin one allows you to draw in your um, 
lay on hands pool and restore hit points to somebody mm. you're giving bardic inspiration to <clears throat> and so on and so forth so there's okay. there's a um there's 66 Is of it? these yeah there are 66 multi-class combinations of two classes in 5e so i went through and i did one for every single possibility with those 12 base classes mm -hmm. um it does not include the artificer because oh. that's not ogl mm -hmm. and i decided i wanted to publish through the dms guild for um mm. ip reasons and you know that sort of thing so or not the dms guild um I yeah. drive through RPG. The DMs Guild, yes. you could, I could use the um, Artificer, but then I only get half of the proceeds, to. and I also lose a lot oh. of like um, rights, uh, rights to the, the content. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to use the Open Gaming License. I'll publish through mm. Drive Through RPG, and I'm thinking about putting it up somewhere else too, but uh, haven't done that yet. Mm. So yeah, but yeah, it's it's quite impressive. There's a lot of work, and uh, having seen the product. It's yeah. There's a lot of very very nice looking art in there. Uh, talk, talking about is, it, we've actually said what the product is and where you can find it, have we? So that is um, true. <laughs> we've kind of we probably it, should mention yeah, that. Kind of yeah. Into the concept uh, without without introducing the product itself. Yeah. So do you want introduce the actual yeah. product there, Peter? Yeah. yeah, it's a PDF product uh, available on Drive Through RPG. It's sixty six feet from one for each two class multi class combination in five e. Mm -hmm. mm. And yeah, it's. Yeah. And it's, it's called uh, it's called multi class feats. Just to yeah 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 yeah. I, I went for descriptive rather than yeah, clever yeah, for the yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it says on the tin. Um, it's interesting too because this um so the original article was mm. on Ian Sider was pretty popular and I was like okay I'm not going to have any better ideas than this if I mm. want to try self publishing something this is mm. the thing to go with right, right. so I okay. I took the original twelve and I added the remaining fifty four. Yeah, um, which took mm -hmm. months of work. I imagine um, so. <laughs> a lot of just like I mean, yeah, some yeah. of some of the combinations were really easy. Like you've you've got um, certain classes where there's these really good hooks where it's like okay, there's this clear pool of resources that I can use, like bardic inspiration for bards, or like key or mm -hmm. sorcery points for uh, monk or sorcerer, or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Some of them are really tough. Like wizard is like uh, you've got spellcasting. Good luck. You know, mm. <laughs> so yeah, wizard is very hard to mix with other things. I was it is, very and it, it's out, it's know. um, it's also like okay, so that that that's on two levels, right? Because like almost nothing needs intelligence, mm. and then once you get there, there's like not a lot of like wizard specific resources. You know, paladins mm. have lay on hands, bards have bardic inspiration, wizards has spell slots yeah it's like yes eh, yeah. okay the flavor of wizard is determined almost entirely by spell selection yeah so so Which, the bigger your spell selection the more flavor your wizard has that you can choose but a lot of that tends to be that there are quote best unquote spells which everyone gets so a lot of wizards feel really samey mm, so yeah being able to multi-class Nice. So, were yeah, there any, the, what, what were some of the really, really difficult combos then? Yeah, yeah. Wizard Paladin really gave me a headache, right. <laughs> um, because it's it's deeply yeah. suboptimal, and mm. it's like, what what on earth are, am I going to do here to combine these two classes? So, mm. what I what I wound yeah. up doing we've, is we've, um, we've strength thirteen, intelligence thirteen, and charisma thirteen has your minimum to even entertain this idea. Yeah, in fact, actually, I alluded to that in the um, the flavor text. Let me pull this up real quick here. I was just looking at the reviews on it, and there's one by a Peter C. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I appreciate your kind words in that review. This is why I'm quite au fait with the thing, as opposed to just being like, oh, really, shiny? <laughs> Which is my normal response to most things, because I, I don't really get to see them. But I actually got to read this, uh, which is why I wrote a review. I thought it was really good. Yeah, so yeah. The, um, Paladin Wizard is called Oath Scholar. It's you have committed yourself not only to the preservation of some higher ideal, but to an extremely rigorous program of arcane study. Mm. The level of dedication required to even attempt this keeps all but the most committed away, but you have taken up the challenge. You gain the following benefits. And this is what I was able to come up with for Paladin <laughs> Wizard. Okay. You may That's use- a lot of words to say this is a terrible idea, but you've done it anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You may use a suit of armor and or a shield as your spellbook, scribing your spells onto the surface of the armor or the back of the shield. You may perform a ritual that takes an hour to magically transfer the contents of your spellbook to a different suit of armor or shield. Mm. You may Uh add spells from the paladin list that do not restore hit points or remove conditions to your wizard spellbook. Other wizards may not copy these spells. Half of your paladin Mm. levels count as wizard levels for the purposes of your arcane recovery ability. And you may re- treat any dagger or quarterstaff as a spellcasting focus for paladin and wizard spells. Interesting. That was about the best I could do with that combination. Yeah. There's not a lot of meat on that particular bone. <laughs> I mean, do you kind of like, I mean, that that's just kind of from the mechanical point of view, meshing them together. Mm. What about from the sort of conceptual point of view? Do you ever struggle to think, Ooh. why would paladin and rogue what what conceptually is going on there what's happening what is what is see that was actually an easier one than you'd think because that's a paladin with covert skills that's batman yeah i guess kind of yeah 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 or or um solomon kane honestly Mm. like you know somebody who's got some investigative Mm. ability and some stealth training, but mm. also is serving a higher purpose. Yeah. Okay. So, so bad, some of those bad combinations example. are well. Uh, <laughs> well uh, no, oh. it's not. A, it's not a terrible example, but that's kind of the the yeah. kind of thinking that you have to do, yeah. right? Where you look at this combination, mm. it's like, okay, we've got a higher ideal and we've got sneaky. Mm. What's mm. you know what's the overlap there? You know, in that particular case, it's Batman and Solomon Kane. Um, mm. So mm. you can kind of like go for the. I think that one was. Inquisitor was the cleric rogue one. Um, I Paladin rogue was Oathblade. Oathblade. Yeah. You can use your Divine Smite and Sneak Attack ability on the same target and have your Sneak Attack do radiant damage. Um, Divine Sense also detects aberrations, and uh, armor does not interfere with stealth as long as you're proficient with it. So that was what I did for that one. You don't want to be not sneaky as a rogue, right? Mm. I mean, that's the whole reason why you take that particular class is to be able to, you know, vanish into the shadows and so stuff. So ra- radiant damage isn't very sneaky, though, is it? Or is it not? No, but manifest you know, itself it, visibly. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's one of those things too, where it's like it's kind of this very dramatic thing, right? Yeah. You, know, you you sneak up on the the horrible, you know, thing, pop out of the shadows, stab it, and there's this burst of light, and it falls yeah. over dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and there's some other things kicking around, like the Green Mage, which is three levels in Druid, three levels in Sorcerer. Yeah. Um, and that lets you have a... I, I like the bit where you spend four Sorcery points, and when you Wild Shape, you can change into a Monstrosity as well as Beast. So that yeah. seemed like quite a clever idea. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah um, one of the other ones that... I, sorcery is... Or Sorcery points are fun, because it's like this nice mm. pool of resources that you can use for, like random magical effects right so mm. um like the uh the cleric sorcerer 
can use sorcery points to get back uses of um, channel divinity, for instance. I think it's three to one there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sorcery points were were one of the things where when I was doing the design on the feats, it was like, oh, this is this is a very fertile field because mm. it's like it's mm. it's this pool of magic, but it isn't spells. So it's like, okay, well, what kind of weird stuff can I use for? You know, for this like magiciness that isn't actually tied to spell casting directly, um, and so mm. that was that was uh, that was an easy one to work with, and mm. I I really had fun doing a lot of the sorcerer feats. Um, mm. One of the other things that I did try to do is I tried to give a little bit more power to combinations that don't work super well if you don't have the feet in there. And tone oh. down the power of the feats for combinations that are really good together. Yeah. So, for instance, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I also did throw some other, like, Easter eggs in there. For instance, uh, Druid Fighter is Green Knight, and you can survive having your mm. head cut off because of, you know, Gawain and the, the Green, Green Knight. Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's uh, – let me let me grab the, um, the flavor text for Sorcerer Warlock here because – I got my head That's, that's the infamous coffee lock, and a lot of people look at that pretty – um, you are among the most dubiously regarded of magic wielders. You were gifted oh. with inborn talents and you felt the need to pursue further power from a patron. Anyway, you gain the following benefits. Uh, if you do not already have proficiency with the arcana skill, you gain it. Now, if you already have proficiency with the arcana skill, use double your proficiency bonus with it. You gain proficiency mm-hmm. with one of the following alchemist supplies, poisoner's kit or herbalist kit. And then, um, this is something that I did for all of the warlock ones because, at level three, you'll have picked your Pact Boon, right? So mm-hmm. that's three very different paths to go for a Warlock. So all of the Warlock feats have this. Depending on which Pact Boon you took, you get X. So in this particular case, uh, Pact of the Blade, your Pact Weapon is a spellcasting focus for Sorcerer and Warlock spells. Pact of the Chain, your Familiar gains additional hit points equal to your Sorcerer level or Pact of the Tome. Mm-hmm. You gain access to ritual spellcasting for any applicable spells you know from the Warlock and Sorcerer lists. You learn two first or second level Ritual spells from any class, they count as warlock spells for you. So nothing to, mm. like, make coffee lock worse. But, yeah, here's some interoperability between those two classes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Gives it a flavor. Yeah. And um, a little bit of synergy where it was previously completely lacking. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so that uh, was, I, I, that was I, what I, I tried to do with uh-huh. that product. And uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's the only one that I currently have released, but I'm working on something else with a batch of the other designers from uh, Level Up that I'd like to talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, do it. Mm. Okay. Because uh, I think you're, because you were working on Level Up also on multi class feeds. Yeah, okay. So, um, oh, yeah. So, I've, the- I've got those in front of me, actually. We've actually called them synergy feats, I think, in the end, in Level Up. But it's basically the same thing, isn't it? Basically, the same concept. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do those ones. Uh, that was Andrew Engelbright, who did an amazing job. I love these feat chains oh. that he came up with. You've seen them, have you? So, oh. we've got the Blades yeah. Chanter. Have you seen them, Peter? Mm-hmm. Other Peter, but that Peter, this Peter, that Peter. Oh, they're. they're- oh, I, I, you're looking at me. I don't know which one you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we've got um, the Blades Chanter, the Eldritch Archer, Mystic Arcanist, Arcanist mm-hmm. Night Stalker, Proclaimer, Shadow Dancer, Untamed, and Vigilante. Yeah, mm. Those. That uh, they that proclaimer feat is or uh, feat chain is probably going to be my first level up character. That's uh, Bard and Harold. You know, and there's one big problem with having a feat called proclaimer. You can walk 500 miles. Well, that's a GM. I yeah, would yeah, walk 500 miles. <laughs> I would walk 500 miles. That's just. <laughs> that's that- like- 
But we've got the journeys in there, so you can make it like an epic side quest. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or you have to walk 500 miles. <laughs> yes. And then maybe you, you have to go back, so you have to walk 500, 500 more. more yeah. And then you collapse at the end. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're going to need a new pair of shoes, is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you were saying about another project you were, you were working on. Yeah. Okay, so... Six of us, uh, myself plus uh, Jocelyn mm. Gray, mm-hmm. Josh Gentry, mm-hmm. Will Gond, um, Andrew Engelbright, who did the, the synergy feats, mm-hmm. and Cassandra McDonald, who had a heavy role in the new dragons. Mm. Um, yes. We are the six of us working on uh, something that we're tentatively calling like the advanced player's handbook for level up mm. um, A5e. So we're looking at additional, basically everything character related. So... Uh, feats, yeah. uh, base classes, um, archetypes, spells, yeah, yeah. heritages, cultures, destinies, backgrounds. Um, everything, yeah. Yeah, everything. Nice. Uh, just, just more. <laughs> mm. And uh, it's interesting because we all kind of met each other for the first time, yeah. at least in my case, um, through yeah. like the the designer discord for Level Up. Mm-hmm. And we kind of started talking mm-hmm. as things... I mean, development is starting to wind down a little bit. It's kind of going to the the layout people and stuff as we get ready for mm-hmm. the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So we're all kind of like, mm-hmm. well, we get along. We've got ideas that didn't make it into the final product. And we've got ideas mm-hmm. since we've looked at, you know, more kind of um, finalized versions of the rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Russ is really anxious to have third-party support for this. Maybe we should start <laughs> working on that. So... Yeah, so I mean that does bring up the valid point, which is that Russ isn't actually paying you to do this. No, no, we're doing this of our own initiative. (laughs) I mean, so like, designers like, actually, we really like this product. Let's make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite cool. Yeah. So, have you how how far into this have you gotten? Have you written any of it yet? Is it at the conceptual stage? Is it finished? Is it done? Can I have it? It's not finished. We're we're looking (laughs) at that book. Is it that? <laughs> we're, we're looking at um, hopefully early next year for um, mm. a release, sometime first quarter of 2022. We'll see if we make that. That's fairly ambitious, Ooh. but we do have some written. We, mm, so far, wow. we've got rough versions of uh, Josh went crazy the other day and wrote like 30 pages of material, like mm. 15,000 words. Nice. A whole bunch of new heritages, some new cultures, some new backgrounds. I've written a couple of new destinies. Yep. Um, in, I'll, I'll tease this a little bit. We've got. There wasn't a specific good or evil destiny in the base mm-hmm. rules, so mm-hmm. I plugged those two holes. Right. Um, they're saint and monster mm-hmm. now. So they're, mm-hmm. they're definitely going to need to be reviewed by the other designers. They mm-hmm. are rough as sandpaper. Rough as, mm-hmm. as high grit sandpaper. <laughs> um, but there's a, there's a rough yeah. draft of those. And then um, mm-hmm. Josh has worked on uh, – boy, I'm going to – Try, struggle to remember everything that he did in those 30 pages but well or we, just yeah just anything that sticks yeah, we've out got, we've got we've got folk we've got different undead options Ooh. we've got um yeah. like legally distinct ganasi um <laughs> we've uh, <laughs> what else is in there that, that they are they are a very strong choice because obviously you've got plane touched in the advanced five e origins, so yeah, and we wanted to we wanted to throw some so. more um, options for that. So you've got the elemental mm, planes represented mm. there, um, absolutely. Yeah, cat folk are something that's always been kind of a, a player favorite. So we've got some of those. Mm, mm. Um, I believe uh, we've got fast kitties and strong kitties. So you've got you know mm. to to use the uh, the parlance of Watsy, you've got Tabaxi and Leonin represented, mm. but they're not yeah. going to be called yeah, that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
So it sounds like it's mm. going to be a big book then. Is this, is, is, have we got, are we talking a hardcover, big hardcover here? What's the, what's the mm, eventual probably, plan? Probably a, a larger PDF to start out with. Mm. Um, Hmm. we're we're not entirely sure exactly what we want to use for a funding model whether we're going to kickstart this or we're going to just do something that's kind of light on art and heavy on text and you know try and self-fund it hmm. and so we're trying to get hmm. text that we're happy with written first and then we'll tackle that particular yeah hmm. i mean so, that's art is always the expensive most expensive part of the yeah. process yeah but also the thing that makes it sell. Yeah. Also, yeah. That. also yeah. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, you said that you really liked the uh, art and multi-class feats. Everything in mm. there was either mm. stock art that I purchased from um, DriveThruRPG, mm. or it was mm. free stock art that I found through way too many hours of looking through sites like Pixabay and Unsplash. Mm. So oh. if you are willing to put in the work, you can save a decent amount of money on your art budget if you have a small enough yeah. project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For something I, I larger, the, yeah, you're going to want to commission some stuff. It, if you told me you'd commission the pieces, I would have completely believed you because they're very uh, consistent in the style and the nature of what they're doing. So, yeah, good eye. Good eye, sir. Good oh, eye. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So this is exciting. So it hasn't got a name yeah. yet. It's just a potentially uh, but, uh, working title advanced, advanced play 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 yeah <laughs> it, it may actually keep that title much like level up did <laughs> kind of started I as a working mean, title and turned into the real title so uh, as you know we're a big fan of names being descriptive and evocative and with an advanced player's handbook i feel fairly sure about what i would be getting you know yeah, what? <laughs> yeah you might you might run a cloud of wizards on that one though yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. have to oh. We'll have to figure out something. Advanced but, Player's uh, Manual, perhaps, might work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Advanced Player's the Guide, a- perhaps, or... Yeah. yeah. Oh, the APG. That's what uh, I'm Actually, you know I'm what? Really I think sure that's, that's the name of the Discord that we're using. It's uh, Advanced Player's Guide. So, yeah. Ah, perfect. But yeah, no, that <laughs> is super, super exciting. But we're still we're talking, we're talking quite a long way off yet for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's... Well. We're Quarter we're definitely uh, producing like content and you know like um, mm. writing and stuff, but we don't have anything to share mm. yet. So yeah, yeah. So well, when something is like more in a finished state, then like give us a shout. We'd be delighted yeah. to have you on. Yeah, might, well, I might uh, <laughs> shove one of the other designers uh, out the door for that one too. So yeah. there <laughs> are a half dozen of us. So yeah. well, you know, have, all of us. You'll so. have more of an idea of what <laughs> the uh, potential audience sizes once uh once our kickstarter is over as well oh goodness how, how many people are signed up for yeah, it and i'm really looking forward to that so. <laughs> i'm not i am absolutely bricking it now <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean you got like what over four thousand people last time four i checked or five, four and a half yeah so far that's a four healthy number of people watching yeah, yeah. Thing. yeah. like okay so Ooh. just since i'm here like I, I want to say, like, I was not really sure what to expect because this was the first large RPG project that I'd worked on with a whole bunch of other designers. Mm-hmm. It's been a pretty much unequivocally positive experience. Well, I was really like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed, like, the actual assignments that I had. I really liked working with the other designers so much that I, you know, I joined a group of five other ones. Yeah, and we're you've got something else on our own now. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a, the, uh, the diverse team that you put together, you know, is, Ooh. is more than just like, like a checkbox. Like mm. it's, it really uh. is a lot of different perspectives and stuff, but it's a, it's yeah. a delightful group of human beings. Like, 
Hmm. Um, really have been happy with my interactions with the other designers and stuff. So that's it's been a well, really positive experience. You can definitely thank Mike Weiner for a lot of that because he's a uh, you know he does a lot of the the heavy lifting when it comes to managing the project. And yeah, he's, yeah, he's you know, he's been a great guiding hand. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So he's been he's been fantastic. But yeah, the team. I've, I mean, I've I've found that the, the team of I think you know. It's Partly luck that we, you know, we, we, you know, we managed to get together such a great team of such nice people. Because, you know, when you first meet people, you don't necessarily know that you're going to be lucky and they're all going to turn out to be really nice. So I guess there's a bit of luck going on there. But yeah, it's a, I'm super, super happy with the team we got together. Yeah. And yeah. some of them had to even been on the podcast before. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, actually. Well, you accept our invitation. Did you realize you were interviewing for a job that hadn't been created yet? <laughs> 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 the uh, the person that I had to um, layout for me is actually one of your previous podcast guests. DM Sarah oh. did my layout for Multiclass. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She did yeah. a really good job. Yeah. So. Mm. so do you want to talk for just a, a little bit um, about what you've personally worked on on Level Up? Sure. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Um, so the, the latest thing that I did was I contributed about a quarter of the Feats chapter. Mm-hmm. Bunch of new stuff. I actually, it was interesting. I had um, an afternoon where I was kind of going back. Speaking of Mike Myler and his um, guiding role, I was going back and forth with him, like, what do we need? And just, you know, like spitballing stuff and going back and forth between the two of us. We came up with, I think, a, at least one feat that plugs into everything new from level up mm. so that was good mm. i did some of the environmental hazards um i Ooh, i lobbied nice. for uh miring ground so now if you've got player characters that get stuck in some nasty sticky mud um like they were dealing with at passchendaele in world war one you have me to thank slash blame for that <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, do you know what we should do? We should see. put next to things in in, in the uh, all the nasty things that um, GMs can do to <laughs> players. We'll just put blame Peter, blame. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. You, yeah. you, blame you can Peter, reach him blame at Paul, and put blame his email <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Send your hate mail. Uh, <laughs> My oh. player character died because of your stupid mud. <laughs> I'm genuinely sorry to hear that. We'll start a new trend with RPG design. We're going to start get everyone doing that. Now. Oh, All of your designers yeah. immediately go into hiding as yeah. soon as the yeah. <laughs> project is done. Oh, <laughs> our our designers formed a uh, moon colony. It's the wildest <laughs> thing. None of them had any previous <laughs> aerospace experience before this. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah. So you, you worked on you worked on feats. You did some of the um, environmental stuff. What else? What else have you had your had your hand in? I did a chunk of the spells. Mm. The the uh, the rare version of earthquake that goes up into the sky is something else you can blame me for. <laughs> um, oh, let's see, what else did I work on? It's been like a year of I this. I know let it's me... been a long time that we've been working on this thing, isn't it? Let me. Uh, it's hard hang to on believe. Just a second, Sorry, I actually did keep a um, a log of this so I could talk to my friends oh. about it. So let me. I did some magic items. Oh, this I can't believe this didn't come to my mind first because this is probably the thing that I'm the most proud of. So. I came into the monster lore pretty late. Um, Paul Hughes, who was kind of the the head guy on the monsters, did like this uh, table where like, hey, if you're interested in writing new monster lore, um, you know, hmm. volunteer in here. And I I was busy with other stuff in my life and I kind of missed the initial, you know, pouncing on that. So I came in 
like way at the end was looking through the table, saw a bunch of stuff that nobody had volunteered to do. And I was like, Hey, do you want some help mopping up the leftovers? Paul was like, yes, please. (laughs) um, Yeah. So I did new lore for the Grick, Grimlock, Purple Worm, Magman, Remoraz, and Sahuagin. And, um, out of those, the one that I am the most personally proud of, because I, I, um, I took something from like this just kind of bad collection of tired horror movie tropes to something interesting as the Grimlock. Mm. <laughs> so basically, like in the, the Watsy version of Grimlocks is blind, cannibalistic, mind flayer sycophants. They're dumb. They're always evil. They are going to drag you into a cage, cave and eat you. They're they're chuds, basically. Mm-hmm. And because one of the things that uh, we're doing with Level Up is trying to get rid of the idea of something always being evil um, and we're trying to also make like humanoids not stupid by default. Mm. That had to go. Uh, plus, it's also tied mm-hmm. to the mind flares, which you know have IP restrictions. Their Watsy product identity. Mm. So it's like, okay, we've got these you know, these blind underground things. What are we going to do? Uh, so so Paul was like, well, you know, we could maybe take a page from the the Morlocks from H.G. Wells's The Time Machine. You know, you've got this. Hmm. You know, these people maintaining these big underground machines and stuff. It's like, okay, well, let's follow that, you know, pull on that thread a little hmm. bit and see where it goes. What we wound up with was a group of um, ancient human engineers that got stranded underground by like a an earthquake kind of a thing. They're trapped. They can't get out. They form a new society under there. Um, they're engineers, so they build all of these like um, massive like technomagical machines that can geologically stabilize an area. Mm. There are sections of mm. like the underworld of the um, the setting that have not been flooded by the ocean or crushed by um, earthquakes or filled with lava by volcanoes because of the direct intervention of Grimlocks making their huge underground machine complexes. But because of that, they're also extremely protective of all of this stuff so if you wander into one of these things unannounced you're going to provoke a violent security response so there's still a Mm. potential threat but they're also a potential ally and there's a lot of um ability to use them for like larger stories because they've got this stuff that's keeping portions of the world from like shaking apart or you know being being blown up by volcanoes or flooded or whatever yeah so that that's probably the thing that I'm the most proud of is when Paul and I were going back and forth on that, we came up with like, we turn these things from chuds to a viable, like possible ally and underground society that you can visit and have interactions with. That's more than just, oh, you better kill them before they drag you off and eat you. Mm-hmm. We did something kind of similar with the Sahu again. Um, somebody else apparently volunteered for that and then had life happen. And that one got kicked oh. to me really late. Um Mm-hmm. And so what we did there is a Sahuagin being basically part shark, part person. Yeah, and they're terrible attitude. They're really formidable. Like you look at the, mm. the stat blocks for a Sahuagin, and they've got bonuses to like everything. They're smart. They're fast. They're really tough. They're Ooh. strong. Mm. They've got a really um, pretty good swim speed. Um, they can breathe mm. air and water. Like the only vulnerability they have is if they're out of water for too long, um, that mm-hmm. starts to affect them adversely. They're very much an aquatic people. Mm. Right. So and that's basically why they haven't taken the world over. Exactly. And they get a bit dry. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> yeah it's like, <laughs> oh, I just got to get back in the ocean, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So the, the thing there is, is like, okay, we're, we're trying to avoid like the always evil thing. So there's got to be more mm. motivation than these things just want to murder and eat. Right. Mm. So what we did I is we mean, kind of. But these are sharks. I mean, yeah. surely all sharks are so, Okay. So yeah. there, there's the shark mm. thing where it's like, if you stop moving, you die. 
Um, so we True. made them super nomadic and it's like, okay, well, what are they going to do with that? So basically what we wound up with was we have a very advanced undersea society that has created like places where they can actually do metal forging and like sea caves and islands they control. And then they provide protection to shipping convoys. Now this is, this is kind of the double sided, like you're paying a protection racket. So we won't raid you, (laughs) but also we will take on a Kraken to keep your ship from getting sunk on its way to its destination. So you're paying for protection and also actual protection. (laughs) So that was kind of what we did with them. And then um, the other one that really, changed a bit was uh magmans they're the kind of the default lore is they're like these little mischievous fire things we made Mm -hmm. it so that if you crack their skin and like the lava underneath starts coming out that's when they get like squirrely right Mm -hmm. you know they they start cackling trying to set fires that sort of thing if you can seal that interior flame up by like dousing them in water or something reform their crust they calm down Mm. and they're much more emotionally stable so Mm. interesting Yeah. yeah No, I I love some of the work that's been done on the monsters. It's uh, it's, it's an incredible book, it really is. And just the, yeah, the, and, and the um, one of my favorites that I didn't work on is the new uh, lore for the Ettons. Mm. There's a mm. there's a um, an entry in there where you'll get one of the heads singing the other one a lullaby, and it's just a little thing in the table. But it's like there's so much flavor in there. Mm. The other thing that I re- also really mm. like is. Um, the trolls are not like inherently mm. psychotic and murderous. They're they're just really hungry mm. all the time. Mm. But they take on like the uh, the traits of what they eat. So you you can wind oh. up with like a woolly troll that's been eating a bunch of sheep. That's actually like <laughs> a, a bridge troll that's maintaining the bridge and charging tolls and that sort of thing instead of just horror movie thing that comes out of nowhere mm. and starts you know ripping people mm. to shreds. So mm. yeah, I, I love a lot of the new monster lore. Nah. I guess the other thing is, uh, I, I did, uh, half of the player archetypes that was with Will Gond, who's one of the other guys that's working mm-hmm. on that advanced players guide. Um, and then, um, I kind of informally contributed some of my knowledge to the safety tools section, which, okay, this is a little bit of a personal thing, but can I just say how glad I am mm-hmm. that we have reference to safety tools right there in the core book? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's 2021. That should be in like every major RPG manual. Yeah. I think I think Safety Pathfinder so do that important. now in second edition, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Did they? In I'm, I'm, I'm glad it to was hear quite that. extensive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, we've had these things for ages. I think I first heard about safety tools back in '09 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I okay, so this is a little bit of a rant, and if you want to stop me, go ahead. But um, one of the things that you know you see a lot with um, the text for safety tools is you know you got to be careful about people's past trauma. You know, stuff can happen in games that really upsets people, that sort of thing. And that's, that's absolutely true. But a lot of the time, if you get a safety violation, the thing that's really going to happen, the, the, the real kind of more commonplace hazard is somebody's going to get annoyed. Mm. Your game session's going to grind to a halt. Mm. People are going to get into an argument at the table. The fun's going to stop like that. Yeah. And it's just like, really, do, do you, you know, do you want to be able to put absolutely anything in the game and, you know, risk upsetting people out of the game, possibly having your gaming group get into, a, you know, a fight that's going to result in hard feelings for weeks or months afterwards? Mm. Like, use the safety tools that they're, you know, whatever you're giving up by using those, you're gaining back so much more in yeah. terms of I mean, if, game stability. If you do, if you do nothing else, session zero is just so, yeah. so useful, isn't it? Mm. Sit down, have a conversation yeah. before you start the game about what everyone expects from it and what, you know. And yeah, that, yeah just, absolutely. 
Plus, also, then you can figure out how your characters know each other, yeah. and you can avoid mm. seven sessions of trying to get the party together. Yeah, it's just common sense, isn't it? I think a lot of it. Yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of people kick back against it, and then their complaints are all like, do you even know what session well, zero is? I like, think a lot like of the, having I a chat it, about There's it. a lot of resistance to safety tools sometimes online, but I think it's almost the terminology rather than the actual thing, because when mm. you... When you point out that literally just sitting down having a conversation with your friends about the upcoming game is a safety tool and it's a perfectly normal mm. thing to do and most yeah, people yeah. do that you know organically and automatically without even realizing they're doing yeah. that well i think it's been in there since like second yeah. edition i'm yeah. sure i remember seeing bits of uh, posted online people saying yeah. well that these are it's recommended here uh, get in there and have a chat with people before you start. You can create and of course, other people sometimes yeah, say, I mean, "Well, I, else I, you'll work out the scheduling, yeah. right?" Well, so, so, some people <laughs> oh, also yeah, sort of yeah. say, "Well, I've you know I've known my friends for twenty years. I don't need any safety tools." But knowing your friends for twenty years is a safety tool. Yeah, you know what I mean, mm. I mean it's, that, one of the, it's one of the best <laughs> and most reliable ones. Get to know yeah. someone for twenty years first. What an excellent safety tool! You know, yeah. I mean, most <laughs> of I us, know absolutely everything yeah. that's going to you know upset Bob. But, I can avoid that like you would not believe. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So you know, I mean, it's just I don't know. I don't know. I think yeah. I think sometimes it is just the terminology or the formality of it that sometimes bothers mm. people. Yeah. When in fact, most of it is just kind of common sense stuff that people do anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but you make an excellent point. Like gaming with the same people for you know decades, that's an amazing safety it's the ultimate tool. Safety tool you know, isn't it? Everything. Yeah. 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 We do have to yes. wind up. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Peter and Peter. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> You've never thanked me for coming on the podcast uh, before, <laughs> unless we have someone else called Peter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get all the two Peter jokes in. <laughs> Any more? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 still disappointed that he didn't get the obvious Peter Rabbit one when we were talking about I, that. I <laughs> wish I'd made that joke. I know. Sadly, <laughs> well, well, technically I did I make know. the joke. It's just I didn't realize I'd made the joke. Yeah. Oh, so oh, I still oh, I still yeah. you know yeah. he's he's so good he can make oh, these yeah. jokes without even realizing yeah. it himself. There he's got go. that level of innate talent. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I, anyway. I, uh, speaking of the Tarasque, I saw something else a while ago like, spiny uh protrusions on animals are usually a reaction to predators and the tarasque mm -hmm. is heavily spined what eats a tarasque <laughs> god just imagine if there is something out there that hunts mm. tarasques yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not the top of the food chain yeah <laughs>